0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: If you've been with us, you know that chapter 12 begins the six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. Uh, I want you to look at chapter 11, back up to chapter 11 and look at verse 57. Chapter 11, verse 57 tells us there's an all-points bulletin issued for Jesus' arrest. Chapter 12, Jesus came back to the home of Simon the leper in Bethany. And while in the house at Bethany, they made dinner for Jesus, While having dinner, a godly woman, Mary of Bethany, came to worship Jesus. Look at verse three of chapter 12. Verse three of chapter 12. Mary took a pound of costly spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house smelled like ointment. And we talked about it the last time, are you listening? Spikenard was extremely expensive. You would only use it for very special occasions, weddings, death, etc. So Mary took her alabaster cruise of ointment and poured it on Jesus. And immediately eyebrows went up because any proper Jewish woman would never let her hair down in public. But Mary isn't listening to tradition. Mary is listening to her heart. Mary had the kind of love for Jesus that didn't hold anything back. So she popped the cap on the cruse of oil, thinking this is too good for me and not good enough for him. She took that nard and poured it over his head and it ran down his clothes and his beard down to his feet and then she wipes his feet with her hair and the fragrance filled the entire house. Now if you were with us, you know, all this loving on Jesus is short-lived because Judas' words fly through the atmosphere like piercing arrows. Look at verse five in chapter 12. Why was this oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? In verse six, it tells us he said this because he was a kleptos. That's Greek. Kleptomaniac, we have a thief. Verse seven, Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. In other words, Mary knew something and Mary was perceptive. Mary was already on resurrection ground. Mary knew Jesus would be handed over to the rulers beaten, crucified. Mary wouldn't be at Calvary. Mary wouldn't be at Golgotha. Mary wouldn't be at the tomb in the morning. So she's anointing him now and she's pouring her sacrifice on him now. Many of the Jews knew. Look at verse nine through 11 in chapter 12. Many of the Jews knew that Jesus was there so they came. They also came to see Lazarus who had been raised from the dead. I guess that's something to see. You don't see that every day. Amen. Remember I told you the chief priests and the Sadducees, they didn't believe in anything spiritual. No heaven, no angels, no life and after death, no resurrection, nothing spiritual. So Lazarus being alive is bad theology for the Sadducees. So everybody comes to look at him. And when they saw him alive in living color, they decided to kill him. Lazarus is thinking, I've only been alive for a week and they want me dead again. <laughs> Oy vey. Look at verse 11. Many believed in Jesus because Lazarus and he didn't say a word. Chapter 12, it's the Passover season and it's Palm Sunday. It's the right year. It's the right week. It's the right day. It's the right hour. What do you mean, pastor? I'll tell you in a minute. I've titled this sermon, Jesus the King. John chapter 12, beginning in verse 12. Saints, get your pen, get your pad. You're gonna need it and take some notes. John chapter 12, beginning in verse 12. If you're looking at verse 12, I need you to say, I'm looking at it. The next day in verse 12, a great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took, what well, they take, Saints palm branch trees, and they went out to meet him, and they cried out, come on, y'all, read it with me, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt." His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered these things that were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. And for this reason, in verse 18, the people also met him because they heard that he had done these signs. The Pharisees, therefore, said among themselves, You see that you are accomplishing nothing. I love this. Look, the whole world has gone after him. Now, there was a certain Greeks among those who came to worship at the feast. And then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee. And they asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip came and told Andrew. And in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus, but Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the son of man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, in verse 26, are you looking at it? If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, my Father will honor. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. If you've been with us, you know, over and over, Jesus would say, My hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. Now, when Jesus is talking about his hour, he isn't talking about 60 minutes. He's talking about the Father's heavenly timetable. He's talking about the hour of the crucifixion, the time that he is lifted up on the cross, the hour that Jesus had come to die. And let's be clear, Jesus is in charge. Say a better amen than that. Jesus is the architect in this entire situation. Nobody took his life. He laid it down. Now listen, help me. Help me help you. Help me when you hear people say, oh Jesus, they took his life. or they killed Jesus. Listen, help me by correcting that misnomer. And tell them, nobody took his life. He laid it down. The Bible says he gave his life. Are you listening? He gave his life. Nobody took his life. He laid it down. So when Jesus says, my hour has come, he's, watch this, write it down if you need to. He's forcing the cross issue because he needs to be at the cross at the right moment. So as Jesus sets his face like a flint, comes on this donkey that has never been ridden, and he rides peacefully into Jerusalem. Now verse 12, listen, is the final week in the life of Jesus, and the people are making their way to the city of Jerusalem to offer their sacrifice. There are more than two million people in the small city of Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Now, if you've been to Israel, and this is why I encourage people to go to Israel, because when when you take one trip to Israel, first of all, they say that if you take one trip to Israel, it's equivalent to two years of Bible college. If you have been to Israel, you know that the old city of Jerusalem is small. Matter of fact, if you've been to Israel, raise your hand, where where you at, where you at, where you at? That's, That's a couple of you, a few of you, my 10. You know the old city is small. So two million people in the old city of Jerusalem, the city is bulging with people. There's no place to stay. The hotels are filled. The restaurants have long lines. People are there to celebrate the Passover. Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem but this isn't just any road for Jesus. It's a road of humility, a road of fulfillment, fulfillment of uh, Bible prophecy. It's a road of obedience. It's a road of leading to the crucifixion, the shame, the pain, the beating, the whipping, the brutality, the agony. Again, Jesus knows what's ahead of him, and they want to kill him. And yet knowing what awaits him, listen, he came into Jerusalem in the most public way possible. This scene here in chapter 12 is very dramatic. Jesus is coming in Jerusalem on a donkey and people are throwing their clothes on the road. This large, enthusiastic crowd is cheering and praising and rejoicing and waving palm branches and that's where we get Palm Sunday. And they're quoting, write this down in your margins, Psalm 118, 25 through 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The palm branch is a symbol of Jewish nationalism. So waving palm branches to people are, and they're saying, Hosanna. Hosanna means what? Oh, You can speak out. It's, it's okay. Hosanna means what? Save now. save now. Hosanna, save now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now listen, saints, there's a paradox here. Look at me. Give me your attention. There's a paradox here. There's a dichotomy here. There's a mixing and a mingling of two attitudes here. And Jesus is aware of both. Why? Because the same people who are saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord are the same fickle people who will later be saying, crucify him, crucify him. That's why I don't let people put me up on a pedestal. Y'all know I told you, I don't let people put me up on a pedestal because they will. People, you know, oh, Pastor Rodney, you're so wonderful. Oh, Pastor Rodney, your teachings are so great. You know, people put you up and then, then uh, when they get angry at you or they don't you know, something angry at the church or whatever, they leave the church, they talk about you and then you're like the worst person ever. And, you know, people will put you up. I do not let people gas you up. Y'all didn't even know I knew it like that, did you? Do not let people gas you up and tell you, you know, and you take it to your brain and you think you all had a bag of chips and you're just, oh, yes, yes, you are. No, don't, don't do that. They'll put you up on a pedestal and when they get angry at you, they take that pedestal from under your feet and beat you over the head with it. <laughs> so why don't do that? Don't let that happen. These people here, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who came in the name of the Lord in just five days. Count them. Read your Bible. Five days. They're going to be saying, crucify him, crucify him. A lot of people are gathered together in Jerusalem and Jesus is riding by them. Get that dramatic scene. Jesus is on the Mount of Olives. He mounts a donkey. He comes down. Now, if you've been in Israel, you would have this mind, your mind's eye. He comes down the Mount of Olives, crosses the Kidron Valley, and goes up the hill just a bit into the old city on the East Gate side, and into the old city of Jerusalem. And when he rides in, there are people on both sides. They've lined, this is a parade, they've lined the street, and people are gathered together, and all the people I'm sure that Jesus did ministry with, that they're standing there. With him. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he. Blind Bartimaeus is probably there. Zacchaeus is probably there. All the Marys are there. <laughs> Amen. Mary, Mary is there. <laughs> I wish I'd have thought of that first and second. That was good. That was good. Everybody that he touched in his ministry, they're lying in the street saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, and Jesus is riding by getting a scene. He's riding by looking to the left and looking to the right and all the people that, you know, and then the Romans are there, they're there looking, they, they look bulldog with a mean face, like, you know, they're ready to squash any uprising. And Jesus is and they're throwing their clothes out on the streets and waving palm branches. This is a big scene. And it's really interesting because what the people saw and what the Lord was doing was big, is a big difference. The people saw Jesus entering in splendor to take the throne. Jesus entered with a humble spirit to accept his fate. The people could smell victory in the air. Jesus tasted suffering and death. The people thought that he was the man of the hour. Jesus knew that his hour had come to die. Now write this down. The parallel story is in Luke chapter 19. Write that down. The people are praising Jesus, and Jesus is weeping. Luke 19, 41 through 44, Jesus said, If you had known, even you, especially in your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for the day will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you and surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Why? Because you did not know the time of your visitation. And Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. Now again, saints, it's Passover. And if you've been here at Calvary Chapel, you know three mandatory feasts in Israel that every Jewish male was required to attend. Pentecost, the Feast of Tabernacles, and the Passover. So the city is bulging with people. Passover is celebrated. Write this down. Passover is celebrated on the 14th day of Nisan, or some people say Nisan, N-I-S-A-N. N-I-S-A-N, the 14th day of Nisan. Now understand, if you wanted to know how many Jews were in Jerusalem at the Passover, it was forbidden to count the number of the people. They didn't count the number of the people, they counted the sheep being offered. So on the day of Passover, the people bought their lamb to be inspected. Are you listening? The people brought their lamb to be inspected by the priests, and once the lamb passed inspection, the lamb would be sacrificed. There's a gentleman by the name of Josephus. Josephus is, was a Jewish historian and, and very accurate and, and dependable in terms of uh, uh, his accuracy in recording Jewish history. Uh, many Bible scholars look to him and use, use him uh, as a gauge concerning Jewish history, although not a Christian. So Josephus tells us that there were as many as 250,000 lambs being slaughtered and this had to be done, get this, in a two-hour window. That's amazing. 250,000 lambs had to be slaughtered in a two-hour window. That meant that they needed 600 priests killing an average of four lambs per minute to accomplish the task within the two-hour period. That's a lot of blood. The priests would be soaked in blood. The pavement ran with blood. The people would track the blood through the city. Think about this. All this blood is flowing down the Temple Mount into the Kidron Valley. The blood ran like a river. And I wonder what Jesus thought. As he came down that mountain and he stepped over that creek and saw all that blood mingled with water. Y'all get it? I wonder if he thought in just a few short days he would be the lamb that was sacrificed this Passover and his blood would be mingled with water as it flowed from his side as a soldier stuck a spear in his side as he hung on the cross. Just wondering. Verse 14. Look at verse 14. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, again, Luke chapter 19, write this right next to verse 14. Luke chapter 19, verse 30, tells us Jesus told his disciples to go into the village and find a donkey that had never been ridden before. Now, I told you when we were in the gospel of Luke, I told you that I have never ridden a donkey. And I don't know that much about donkeys although I do know it would be tough to ride one that had never been ridden. And the only way to climb on a donkey that had never been ridden is if the one climbing on the donkey is the creator of that donkey. Did y'all get that? In other words, that donkey allowed Jesus to mount him and ride on him Because that donkey knew he was carrying the creator of the universe on its back. Interesting, even a donkey submits to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Well, they found that donkey. Jesus sat on it. And then Zechariah 9.9, look at verse 15. You can write that in your margins. Write this, Z-E-C dot 9.9. Zechariah 9.9. In fulfillment. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fold of a donkey. So Jesus is fulfilling prophecy. That's when the Messiah comes one of the ways you're going to know that he's the Messiah is he's going to be on the back of a donkey while coming into Jerusalem. Now, just tuck that in your mind because we're coming back to that. Remember I told you, are you still with me? I'm going somewhere. Remember I told you that a king would ride a donkey when he was coming in peace. A king would ride a horse when he was coming to conquer. Jesus' first coming, he came as, a, I need your help, he came as the prince of Peace riding on a donkey. When Jesus comes in his second coming, he's going to be coming riding on a white horse, Revelation tells us, because he's coming to conquer. Now listen, one of the most amazing and remarkable prophecies in the Bible is found in Daniel chapter 9, verse 25. Daniel 925 tells us, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command, I need you to turn your brain on and listen. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks, which is the total of what, saints? 69, 62 and seven and 69. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troubled times. The head of Scotland Yard, his name is, was Sir Robert Anderson. And Sir Robert Anderson did a study on Daniel 9.25 because he wanted to know the accuracy of this prophecy. We know historically, got a pen? We know historically March 14th, 445 BC, King Artaxerxes gave the command to go and restore and rebuild the walls in the city of Jerusalem. We know that from Nehemiah chapter two. Using the lunar calendar, stay with me here. Using the lunar Jewish calendar, if you hit your clicker on March 14th, 445 BC, and you click 173,880 times, you will come to April 6th, 32 AD. April 6, 32 AD is exactly what we have right here in John chapter 12, verse 12, the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ. And this is why Jesus understand now here we go. This is why Jesus was so broken hearted. This is why Jesus was weeping because they should have known their Bibles. But because they didn't know their Bibles, they did not recognize the Messiah. Are y'all getting what I'm putting down? Because they didn't know their Bibles, they they didn't recognize the Messiah when he was coming. Because if they had known the scriptures, God wants us to know the word of God. God's going to hold us accountable for his word. Am I right about that? And and, and they should have known the word. And when Jesus, here's my point, listen to me, I'll make it clear. When Jesus came riding into Jerusalem, somebody should have said, oh, Zechariah 9, 9 says the Messiah is going to come riding on a donkey. Well, maybe that's the guy. Somebody should have said that. Somebody should have done the math and said, wow, well, let me think about this now. King Artaxerxes gave the command to rebuild 483, 483 years ago, or... 173,880 days ago, hmm, today is April 6, 32 AD. The man on the donkey is the Messiah. But because they didn't know their day of visitation or because they didn't know their Bibles, Jesus is holding them responsible.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina.